Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 598, chapter 89, Losing the Light. The last four days had been endlessly overcast and raining. At first, the trees had given us some shelter, but we soon discovered that the leaves overhead merely held the rain, and the slightest stir of wind sent down showers of heavy drops that had been gathering for hours. This meant that whether or not it was currently raining, we were constantly dripped on and damp. Stories after supper had stopped. Martin caught a cold, and as it worsened, he grew sullen and sarcastic. And two days ago, the bread had gotten wet. This might sound like a small thing, but if you ever tried to eat a piece of wet bread after a day of walking in the rain, you know what sort of mood it puts you in. Dayton had grown truly unmanageable. He balked and complained at the simplest of tasks. The last time he had gone into town for supplies, he had bought a bottle of dreg instead of potatoes, butter, and bowstrings. Hespy left him behind at Crossan, and he didn't get back to camp until nearly midnight, stinking drunk and singing loud enough to make the dead cover their ears. I didn't bother telling him off. Sharp as my trooper's tongue was, he was obviously immune to it. Instead, I waited until he passed out, poured the remaining dreg on the fire, and left the bottle sitting in the coals for him to see. After that, he stopped his constant derogatory muttering about me and settled into chilly silence. While the quiet was nice, I knew it was a bad sign. Given everyone's rising temper, I decided each of us would search for a trail sign on our own. This was partly because walking in someone's footsteps over wet turf was a sure way to tear up the ground and leave a trail. But the other reason is that I knew if I sent Dayton and Hespy out together, their eventual argument would alert any bandit within 10 miles. That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. We're getting into it. What are we getting into? Well, we're about to encounter the bandits. So this is kind of the coda of the the, the preamble to the tension scene. Um, we have our story previously, and then we get a bit of rising tension here. Things are getting bad among the group. We don't really need to have uh, individual encounters spelled out to us. We can just, we know by now, because we know these characters well, how they'll act in these situations. It really hurts to me to see Martin, like, get sick and get a cold and turn sullen and sarcastic. Like, maybe he just has a cold, but I think when I first read this, I was like, oh no, Martin's going to die of consumption. Because as soon as someone gets a cold in a fantasy book, you know that they're actually doomed. I was thinking that a cold doesn't feel as threatening. Like I feel like in a book when they want to put something like threatening where like they might kill someone with it, it's it's normally like a fever. Like fevers feel worse than a cold. And so when I read cold, I was like, oh, little pass. He's got the sniffles. <laughs> right. But as we all know, the symptoms, the symptoms of a cold are often the preamble to a worse disease, right? Soon the cold will leach into his bones and he'll have, you know, the eld fever that carried off, you know, 75% of the population of Crossan last winter. You know, like I think that, that that's not an unreasonable concern to have. Yeah, definitely colds are scarier now than they used to be, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, but back in the day before we had such wonderful things as vaccines, uh, you know, anytime you got sick was cause for real concern uh, because, it's, you know, they don't really know how it spreads or the, the ideas they have about how it spreads are wrong. And uh, they don't, it's not like they can go and pop a, you know, an echinacea tablet or a cold effects or a Tylenol or whatever, you know, you just kind of have to ride it out. 
And also, like, if he dies, they're really screwed because he's the only one who's actually a tracker. Well, I mean, they know how to get back to the town, so, like, they're not totally screwed. It's just they'll fail at their mission. Yeah, yeah, which is not going to look good for any of them. But it's also not necessarily going to mean death. No, well, I mean, it so, might. so it depends what's on penalty, what you're. <laughs> what's the penalty for disappointing the mayor? It might not be death, but it might be. Could be cake. It could be cake. I suppose we cannot discount the possibility that it is cake. I also feel like Quoth does a really good job. Not only sorry, Rothfuss does a really good job. Not only of laying out the the way the social situation in the group is deteriorating but also just the misery of just having to sit out in the rain for days uh and like maybe it's just because the weather outside for the last few days where i am has been uh pretty miserable and sullen and gray and wet uh but i feel like I am very much in the mindset of just like, you can't possibly get dry. You can't really find shelter. You can't get warm. You can't eat anything warm. You're just cold and wet and shitty and pissed off. And the people you with suck. Like it's really setting the mood in a way that will make the next scene really uh, impactful. I think. Yes. Okay, speaking of the next scene, I am pretty ready for it, but I would go for a letter if we've got one. We do have one. This is from our friend John from Ventus, who writes on pages 570, 571. Howdy, pagers. A couple quick notes on these two pages. We know Rothfuss to be too careful a writer to suppose that the line, Book of Secrets, from the story of Jax is a throwaway line. I've actually written about this before, and the Book of Secrets is one of my favorite hidden in plain sight clues in the whole story. When Quoth is doing research into the Chandrian, a source that he dismisses as worse than useless is the Book of Secrets. Quote, it was an odd book arranged like a bestiary, but written like a children's primer. It had pictures of fairy tale creatures like ogres, trow, and dennerlings. Each entry had a picture accompanied by a short insipid poem. Of course, the Chandrian were the only entry without a picture. Instead, there was just an empty page framed in decorative scroll work. The accompanying poem was less than useless. The Chandrian move from place to place, but they never leave a trace. They hold their secrets very tight, but they never scratch and they never bite. They never fight and they never fuss. In, quite, in fact, they are quite nice to us. They come and they go in the blink of an eye, like a bright bolt of lightning out of the sky. One of the illustrations in The Slow Regard of Silent Things shows a copy of this book in Auri's room in The Underthing. The third mention of it on this page makes me more convinced than ever that this is an incredibly important clue. I also have a theory about Jax and the Tinker that I think is maybe just a hairline fractured pot. I think that I've written before about my theory that Solitos is the Cathay, and I suspect that we may have here another piece of that story. If the Broken House is indeed Fae, and Tinkers normally do indeed work to mend the world, then an embittered Tinker, trapped away from the world he should be mending, and divested of his means of slowly mending it, one transaction at a time, might eventually become twisted and resentful, and work instead toward the world's undoing. Another piece of evidence for this is something that Bast said to Quoth after finding out that he had encountered the Cathay. Quote, quote, what's the word? It's not Quoth. Quote, Jax spoke to the Cathay before he stole the moon, and that sparked the entire creation war. What say you? Peace, signed John from Vintus. 
These are both very compelling uh, ideas to me. I do think it is very much like Rothfuss to seed an important text in plain sight, have our character dismiss it, and then drop clues that point us back in that direction so that in book three, when Quoth realizes that like an important piece of information has literally been in this book that he dismissed out of hand the whole time, we can go, aha, that seems likely to me. And it would be an interesting piece of thematic resonance to have important information, even in the unlikely source of what looks to be a book of like children's doggerel. Uh, so that appeals to me. It also appeals to me because I just love when things are the book of X, uh, you know, like in the, in the <laughs> Sandman, when, you know, the, the endless known as destiny also is constantly in possession of a gigantic book that is like the history of everything that ever was and ever will be. It is the book of destiny. And he's, you know, constantly writing it as, as he goes. Yeah, I definitely feel like the Book of Secrets is probably a title that has been used in many different places in in many different stories. It- and I think that's why it's easy to dismiss or or easy to gloss over. Because if it if it was like the Tome of Rabadania, and we encountered the Tome of Rabadania in the story, we'd go, ah, it is the Tome of Rabadania. But instead, the idea of a Book of Secrets in this case, capital or lowercase uh, book of secrets. It's just a book of secrets. Of course, we're going to gloss over it because it's just like a bit of uh, set decoration in this story. And we forget that we've encountered a capital B, capital S book of secrets early, very early actually in, in the series, one that had the answers that Quoth was looking for and he dismissed it out of hand. Very interesting. And I also want to just touch on your crackpot theory that I'm not sure if I buy that Celatos is uh, the Kithae, although uh, I'm I'm not against the idea. I do like the idea of an embittered tinker because tinkers seem like a na- like a force of nature. They don't really seem like they have uh, will or um, morality, right? They seem almost like they're they are what they are and they do what they do, and they don't really have like they don't work their will on the world. And so, what would it look like if one did? Or if one uh, did, you know, did evil. And furthermore, if you had a benevolent creature like the Cathay that wasn't trapped somewhere and wanted to do good, wouldn't its actions look like what a tinker does? Giving people what they need to accomplish what they want in small, unobtrusive ways. There's definitely an argument to be made there for sure. Yeah, I think that your your mm. theory is only complicated john by the idea that uh, as you'll you'll see by the time you hear this we have moved on from the idea that the tinker uh gets the the broken house that the broken house represents our world not the fey right so i think that might poke a, a hole in your idea a little bit i think no i oh mm, maybe i think yeah that's true i'm and not this, sure that the broken metaphor, house the... is either of those things the 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 pop-up house is definitely Faye. but well, the broken but... house that Jax gives the tinker i think is very unclear as to what that is mm-hmm. no nope. true that there's two houses in this story and both, both of them al- happen to be broken well they're both alike in dignity 
No, fine. That's fine. We don't have to go on with that. Um, what? I, no, sorry. I, that was good. I, I want to give credit where it's due. That's it's fine. They're they're equally. They have equal dignity in Fair Verona, where we lay our scene. That's right. Um, um, but I I also before we sign off, I do want to shout out that our April AMA uh, episode is approaching, and you still have time, fair listener, if you would like to write in with your uh, a question on any subject you'd like to ask us about. Uh, write into pagethewind.gmail.com. Uh, subject line April AMA and we will answer your question on the air. Uh, and if you want to write us in as John did about anything related to this book, you can just uh, also send that in. The subject line can be whatever you want. And we'll read it on the pod- podcast as we do. That's right. Uh, okay. Well then we'll uh, catch you tomorrow on yet another page. Uh, the. Wee- Wee-